Hi, and welcome to Real Estate Keeping It Simple. This is your host, Ray Dove with REMAX Eastside Brokers, Inc. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, hopefully the information I'm providing you each week will be beneficial to you and your efforts to buy or sell residential real estate. Uh, for those of you who are new to listening, I've been in the real estate business as a full-time realtor since 1977. I've sold many, many, many homes from new construction to land to building lots to condos. Uh, pretty much touched upon anything that has to do with residential real estate. Uh, not that I have all the answers, but uh, I've seen a lot of different situations uh, that have proved to be helpful, beneficial to the clients that I've represented over the years. Today I thought I'd talk just a little bit about the escrow process, the title process. So you bought yourself a home, or you just put your home on the market. What happens behind the scenes, what I call behind the curtain? So if you're just putting your house on the market, the first thing I do, and that uh, your real estate should be doing too, is let's get a copy of your most current title report. Let's see what challenges might be on there that we may need to address. Make sure that there's not some information on there that doesn't belong to you or belong to the property. We want to make sure that are you really on a county road or is it a private road? Uh, is if there's a private road, is there a road maintenance agreement? If you bought the home and when you're married but now you're legally divorced, is the spouse still on title? Uh, any mechanics liens that might be on the title? Any easements that we should be aware of? Those are the type of things we should know about up front. So that way if there are mistakes, we can get them corrected by the time we've got the home sold. It's in the escrow process. So that's when we order that, we call that a preliminary title report. And it'll give us that basic information. Now that report will get updated once we have a sale on your home because then it'll include the buyer's information, their name, their address. It'll include what the, what the purchase price is. And for the buyer, when they update that title report, they're going to research the title records for people with names like yours. They don't go deep into social security numbers and things like that, but they're going to go deep into, are there other people with names like yours? Are you who you say you are? Are there any issues with regards to who you are? Are there some lawsuits pending on you? Are you the same person that's over here that has all kinds of challenges? You've got the same first and last name, maybe a different middle initial. So there's going to be these little red flags that may pop up. And the title company may say, hey, we, we need an affidavit signed by this buyer to confirm that that is not the same person. So, so we've got to address those as soon as that updated title report comes up. Those are some of the immediate things. Now the escrow process. So an escrow company has a person that's called an LPO, which is a limited practicing officer, which is a license through the... Department of Licensing in the state of Washington and gives the escrow officer the power to follow the instructions of a purchase and sale agreement to effectively close or record a transaction between a buyer and a seller. The escrow officer is not there, nor do they have the legal capacity to interpret the purchase and sale agreement. Their job is to follow the instructions on the purchase and sale agreement. So if it says the closing date's on September 1st, then the closing date 
will be on September 1st unless that date can't be met for whatever the reasons and then we'd have to draft up an addendum between each party to agree to extend the closing date. So escrow cannot close any sooner and they can't close any later. The closing date's on this date. The only way they can close sooner or later is with that addendum with mutual agreement from both parties. So what happens is when, uh, when you buy a home and the seller's home is sold, we package up the purchase and sell agreement and all the addendums and we send them off to the lender so the lender continue its process of getting the, the property approved together with the formal approval of the buyer. And when I say property approved, it means that the lender is going to order an appraiser to go out to the property and appraise the home, the asset, to see if the value is there for what the buyer is seeking for a loan. So the buyers get an 80% loan to value, uh, then this, and the home has been purchased for like six hundred. then the bank wants to make sure that the home is worth 600000 If it isn't, then there's other things we'd have to address. So we, we send it off to the lender and we send it off to the escrow office. So the escrow office, once they get the purchase agreement, they'll pull up all their preliminary information. They want the buyer's contact information, you know, emails, phone numbers. They want the seller's contact information. And then what they'll do is they'll start getting payoffs on first mortgages or second mortgages for the seller. They'll find out what taxes are paid or unpaid or any HOA dues that need to be paid. They want the the name and phone number and the contact information of the water and sewer company if it's relevant and then they'll put together all the paperwork that they need to have in place so that once the buyer gets approved for financing and the lender's gotten their appraiser appraisal back and the lender's approved of the appraisal of the home approved of the title because they the lender does not want to be in second position to some other lien on the property so like if the home has a leased hot water tank, that has to be paid off because the bank, your lender, is not going to be second position to that lien on a hot water tank. I don't know if we do much of that anymore, but it's certainly come up before. So the lender wants to make sure the title is what we call free and clear of any defects so that no one's going to be in first position uh, over them. So once they get all that packaged up and their underwriters have formally approved you, they will then send that whole documentation from the lender and all the requirements the lender wants the escrow company to take care of at closing and they'll send that whole package over to escrow. Escrow will then contact the sellers and say hey we've got all this information we're ready for you to come in and sign your closing papers. Then they'll go to the buyer and they'll do the same thing to the buyer. Hey we've got everything we need uh, the lenders re request that you bring this additional information and these are the, the amount of money you need to bring. You can either wire the funds or you can bring it in the form of a cashier's check or cash. Most people don't run around cash though. Uh, however, the escrow company would like you to bring those funds to closing. Now, typically a seller can sign uh, maybe a week or so out prior to the buyer because that's okay, nothing's really going to change there. The escrow comes over, we've gotten all the information and payoffs that they need. The buyer, on the other hand, in most cases, the lenders typically don't get the documentation to escrow until like a day or two before the actual closing date. And sometimes that's the challenge because 
depending upon your lender, the lender may want, after you sign everything at the escrow company, they, the, the escrow company might have been instructed to send all the documents back to the lender so the lender can approve of how everything was signed, and then the lender will review it in 24, 48 hours, and then go ahead and give the escrow company permission to go ahead and record the transaction on the day of closing. Some lenders don't require that. Some lenders will tell us that we can do a one-day funding. So it's all a matter of what your lender and what their underwriter requirements are. But that sometimes can put a pinch on the closing because here you are the buyer, you're making plans of moving in on a certain day. The seller's making plans of moving out on a certain day. And it's tough to narrow all that down if all of a sudden we have a hiccup on getting the loan documents to escrow. And the escrow isn't going to drop your drop everything they're working on for that one transaction because it came in late because escrow is trying to process all the transactions they have in, uh, in their hub because there's other people waiting in line too to get their transactions closed. The busiest time of the month typically is the end of the month. So as you plot the course, you might want to close a few days before the end of the month so you're not caught up in all that last-minute craziness. So you've signed the papers, you deposited the money, the seller signed the papers, everybody's working towards that day of buyers moving in, sellers moving out. Now, according to our purchase and sell agreements, closing is when the funds are made available to the seller. So if the transaction closes, records at the county at 4.30 on a Friday night, and if escrow is in a position to make those funds available to the seller that night by way of a check, then that's the date of closing. Now, let's say you're the seller and you want the funds wired to you and the funds won't be wired out because it's too late in the day and you won't get them till Monday. If the funds were made available, even though you're out of the area, out of the country, if the funds could have been made available to you by way of check on that day, then that's closing, even though you may not get the funds until a day or two after because of your request to have the funds wired to your bank. So keep that in mind. I just ran into that not too long ago. That's kind of the hiccups. We had a challenge there. Uh, one of the sellers was concerned about that. So now on the day of closing, it also says in our contracts that uh, closing, the seller has the right to remain in the house until 9 p.m. that night. So that means the buyers don't have access to the home until after 9 p.m. at night unless everyone mutually agrees to change that time frame. So have your real estate agent go over the paperwork, some of the clauses in the purchase agreement so everybody understands, you the buyer, when you have the ability to move into the home. Sellers, same for you. Of course, the sellers has a, have an obligation to clean the home, get rid of all the trash that, that may have been left behind from moving, and just you know present the home in the best possible way, just like you did when you were trying to sell it, to the new homeowners, so they feel good about their final purchase. Uh, and then, you know, so there's little things within that through the uh, communication piece between real estate agents that can help make all that feel warm and fuzzy for the seller moving out and the buyer moving in. Once we've addressed getting it closed and knowing everybody wants to move in, 
the seller's agent will typically arrange a time to get the keys to the home to the buyer's agent sometime during the day or after it closes and records so that you, the buyers, can have access to your new home. And the sellers, of course, will know that everything's been transferred over properly. With that said, I think I've addressed some of those things. And, and again, I would uh, say to you that if you want more uh, clarification on how that whole escrow process works, feel free to reach out to me, Ray Dove, Remax Eastside Brokers. I'm at RayDoveRemax at gmail.com. My phone number is 425-681-8630. Happy to answer whatever questions I can. And of course, if I'm representing you as a buyer or seller, we will have these conversations during the whole sale, buying, and closing escrow process. I believe in an open line of communication, getting clarification done so that there's no misunderstandings on the 11th hour of closing when everybody's heightened to uh, making everything happen uh, when it's supposed to happen. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share my podcast with anyone and everyone. I'm on all the different podcast channels. Uh, Next week, I'll do my best to see if I can't get a guest speaker in here, either a lender, building inspector, or someone from Title and Escrow to explain a little bit more about the Title and Escrow process. Again, thanks for listening.